friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Chings, where we are totally focused on taking your Etsy shop from struggling sales to consistent cha-chings. My name is Lauren, and I'm so glad you're back with me again today. On this episode today, we are going to dive into some goal setting and really go deep into why I set my revenue goal lower this year than I did last year. So I'm going to go into a little bit of the backstory of how I grew this shop and what my goals were along the way as I was building the shop. But the point of the episode is not really just to talk about me or to tell you my story or whatever. It's for you to be able to walk through setting these goals yourself, especially as we approach the end of the year and the start of 2020, which is insane, and head into that holiday season, which kind of wraps up that big selling season for us as product-based sellers online. So I want you to be able to take this story and kind of take my experience or my mistakes that I made along the way and be able to use that to set your goals in line with what really is important in your life and what really is your actual goal in building this business rather than maybe just the pressure of what you feel or um, you know some sort of outside pressure that you feel. But before we dive into that, I want to go ahead and read today's review of the week. And it is from C. Hobbs Tina. And she says, I'm so glad I found this podcast. After asking on Facebook for practical time management advice for a busy mom who runs two businesses as well, all the recommendations were by women who have successful business, but were not relatable at all because they have teams of people helping them. After stumbling across this podcast, I was so thankful to find somebody totally relatable with practical advice that is actually doable for my business. Thanks, Lauren. Can't wait to listen more. Thank you so much to C. Hobbs Tina. I really appreciate the review, and I also just really appreciate that you are able to take my advice or to take my stories and stuff to build your business and to really see that, I mean, there is a difference between somebody that's working in their basement workshop by themselves and they don't have a team or they haven't outsourced that help and somebody that is running a business that has other people that are basically doing all of the things, all of the steps along the way for them and they're able to just be kind of the CEO level, upper level vision of their business. Now, I would say that as a solopreneur, you kind of have to be in both roles and there are definitely struggles involved in both of those. But I just appreciate that this um, review really recognizes that there is definitely a crucial difference between those two. And I... If you are new to the podcast or you're new to kind of hearing my backstory and stuff, I do not have any help in my Etsy shop. 
we'll dive into in the podcast today, the one time that I have had a smidgen of help and it was from my mom, (laughs) Um, but I have never had an employee and I actually only outsourced the very, very first thing that didn't have anything to do with my Etsy shop. It has to do with my coaching business and the creative mom boss side of it. I have a virtual assistant that helps me process these podcasts. So that is the only thing that I have in the pipeline, um, sort of with people that are helping me on an ongoing basis. And my Etsy shop, I run completely by myself. I do not have any help. I don't outsource any of that. I do everything myself. So anyway, I appreciate again the review. If you haven't left a review for the podcast yet, I would so greatly appreciate it if you would. It helps other people to find the podcast and it helps us to build this community of entrepreneurs and mompreneurs and solopreneurs and all the preneurs and be able to have that sense of community while you're working by yourself kind of, you know, in your grind of making your products. So I want to go ahead and jump in to the episode today. And the title that I have of this episode is why I set my revenue goal lower this year than last. But again, this really isn't about me. I want you to be able to take this episode and take this story and really think as you head into the last quarter of this year and the beginning of next year, what are your goals for your business and where really do you want to go with this business and what does that ultimate goal look like? Like when you sit and I ask this question sometimes and I get such a wide variety of responses, but if you could wave a magical wand over your business and you would have like the business of your dreams, what does that really look like? So every year, my husband and I sit down towards the beginning of the year, usually around January. I am a really big list maker. So if you're around last year, I did a whole Facebook Live about my planners that I use and like list making, goal setting. I love me some lists, but we sit down and we really map out our goals for the year. So we have like different categories that we dive into things like marriage goals, maybe getting away for the weekend by ourselves or taking a trip for an anniversary. This year we we went away for our 10th anniversary, which was really big. We have money goals like savings or giving or Sometimes we put like large purchases that we want if there's something like big that we're saving up for. We both have business goals. He has a business that he is not an entrepreneur, but has a lot of control over the growth of his business. So he has business goals, monthly goals that he wants to meet, and I do as well. We have spiritual goals. We have physical goals, like every single year we want to work out more and (laughs) be healthier and all those things. So we have a whole list of goals that we make divided up by these categories and We really try for, like all of the advice that says, you know, you should have these tangible, measurable goals. They used to use the acronym of SMART goals, which were like specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, I think, and time bound. Um, I think they've gotten kind of away from that, they being like the goal setting gurus, but I can't remember what the new things are, but basically just that you should have like setting a goal of I want to be healthier this year. That's not a very good goal because it's very abstract. What does that mean? Does that mean you're running more? Does that mean you're lifting weights? Does that mean you're losing weight? What what exactly does that mean? So to have these tangible and measurable goals and every single year since I started my business in 2012, every year 
my business goal was always higher and higher and higher. I want more sales. I want more revenue. If I had, you know, 3,000 sales last year, I want to have 5,000 this year. If I had 60,000 in revenue last year, I want to have 80,000 this year. Like I set these big goals. And that was great. It really pushed me to build my business. It really pushed me to go beyond maybe what I ever thought was possible in my business. Not maybe. I know that that's true. It pushed me to go beyond what I thought was possible in this business. I never envisioned having 5,000 sales on Etsy or 10,000 sales on Etsy or I'm closing in on 15,000 sales on Etsy. Like that was never... You know, if I would have just started in 2012 and said, I want to have 15,000 sales on Etsy, that was so far beyond anything that I ever could have envisioned for my business. And I couldn't have even envisioned how I could possibly get there with the products that I was making. Like, I remember even looking at shops that sold kind of similar things. At the time, I was doing a lot of holiday shirts for kids, like Santa shirts and stuff, and applique burp claws and applique baby outfits, like coming home from the hospital outfits. And they were so, so time consuming. And I can remember looking at other monogram applique, you know, that kind of genre of shops and being like, I don't know how people could even have 15,000 sales on Etsy. Like if I had 15,000 sales, I would be working not even 24 hours a day, like 150 hours a day. Like there's no possible way I would have to hire people. I would have to buy like 100 embroidery machines. There's no way I can do it. So I didn't set those goals at the very beginning, but every year I went up by like 10% a lot of times. Sometimes it was 20%. Or I would say I want to have 10% more revenue and not increase the number of hours or whatever. So anyway, All that to say, in 2018, I set the goal again to go above and beyond what I had done in 2017. Okay, we're really hitting a point now that it's rolling along, the sales are coming in. I want more, I want bigger, I want better, I want this business to grow. I always, it was more and more and more setting these goals higher. And it really didn't have anything to do with the money, honestly. It didn't have anything to do with like wanting to make more money. It had to do with the accomplishment. It had to do with the feeling of achievement of like, you know, I can bring in 100,000 or 150,000 or 190,000 in a year making these monogrammed baby gifts and just having that achievement higher and higher. But in 2018, I hit a total wall, like a brick wall. And it really happened, it actually was kind of good because it happened really obviously. Like there wasn't a, it wasn't like a slope of, gosh, this is really getting overwhelming or, oh my gosh, maybe I don't really want more sales or whatever. In August of 2018, I actually went back and looked at these numbers. I had $26,195.18 in sales. And I'm making every single product by myself in my basement. I had part-time childcare at the time. My children were in preschool for three hours a day. And I had $26,195.18 in sales. And I was dying. Like I was absolutely drowning in orders in all the bad ways. I was working so much. I was constantly maxed out. I was constantly mentally stressed about it. I ended up, like I um, sort of alluded to before, having my mom come in and she 
This is the only time I've ever had anybody help me with anything. And she would come in and package things up. Like she would take the orders, she would write out the gift notes, and she would stick the label on the packages for a couple hours a day. And that was great. Thank you to my mom, you know, for helping and for being willing to step in. But I knew at that point, I mean, I I knew that this was not something that was sustainable. This was not a long-term plan of being able to A, keep up this kind of pace and B, like it wasn't even worth the money. I mean, that sounds like so much money and it is so much money to bring in in one month, but I honestly couldn't even tell you like what my profits were on that month. It probably was very low because I was so maxed out and like I was always out of inventory. So I was having to order things and expedite the shipping and it was just a a train wreck, like an absolute train wreck. So this was really, like I said, the first time that I ever felt like I hit a wall in that way. It had never, I had never before had a point where I said like more money wouldn't be worth it or more sales wouldn't be worth it. I always wanted it to grow more and more and more. And I've talked a little bit about this before in episode 21. If you go back, I talk about playing small and feeling like if you don't set these really audacious, really big goals that you're kind of selling yourself short and playing small in the season of life that you're in. And I felt that way. I felt like if I just say I want to have, you know, $5,000 a month in sales, I'm really selling myself short because I know I can do more than that. But this was the first time ever since I started this business that I said, it's not worth it to me anymore. Like it's the stress of what I'm doing right now is not worth the money that I'm bringing in. And even if I was bringing in double the money that I'm bringing in right now, it wouldn't be worth the level of stress that I'm at. So when we sat down in like December 2018, January 2019, I knew that something had to change in my life and in my business because what I was doing at that point was not working. And this has happened a few times in the course of my business. If you've ever gone through my Crooked Stitcher Chings Masterclass, I also have talked a little bit about other times where I've been working a lot, although in the earlier times in my business, I felt like I was working a lot and not making very much money. At this point, I was making good money. Like it really wasn't about not feeling like it was worth the money, but the amount of stress that I was under and the amount that I was working, it was just consuming my life. Ultimately, that is really what it was. It was consuming my life because it didn't allow me to ever step back. I mean, I brought my computer on vacation. I brought my computer on a cruise. I answered Etsy emails and Etsy combos sitting on the beach. And that's not the person that I want to be. And that's not the person that I feel, or that's not the business that I feel like I was striving to build. Like, I don't want to be the person who says, oh, you can sit on the beach and answer emails. Don't you have so much freedom? That doesn't feel like freedom to me. Having freedom to me is being able to step away from it while I sit on the beach and dig in the sand with my kids and to not feel like I have to sit and answer emails. If I'm sitting on the beach answering emails, I am not free. At that point, I would rather work a nine to five job because at least you could have vacation time and walk away from it for the vacation anyway. 
So all of that to say that this year when we sat down to set those goals, I set my revenue goal a full $25,000 lower this year than last. And that was big. That is a big chunk of money and that was a big chunk percentage wise of what I was doing. You know, I don't have a million dollar business. So $25,000 was a big step down from what I did last year. And that was the first time that I was willing to say, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a year that is not as profitable as last year if I can have a better balance in my life than I have had in the past and if I don't allow this to kind of continue to spiral out of control and then really impact my family life and my personal life. And this is something that I think that a lot of Etsy sellers and especially mom Etsy sellers who have this balance, you know, especially when you're first starting out, if you're a mom, a a stay-at-home mom or a working mom, and you're wanting to start this Etsy business, I have a lot of people who tell me like, what if it gets too busy? What if it gets too, you know, too many sales, too profitable, and I don't know how to balance all of it? And I always tell people that there's a lot of steps between just getting started and having that happen, and that is true. Like, this was six years into my business. This was not like six minutes into my business. So there were a lot of steps in the process between getting started and being totally inundated with orders to where I could not keep up anymore. But mentally, it was hard for me. Like, mentally, it was hard to take that step back and say, okay, I'm at the point that I really have to make a difference. I really have to change what I'm doing because what I'm doing right now is mentally and emotionally and for my family, it's not working. And that may mean that my business does not continue to grow or it could have gone in a totally different direction. My business could have continued to grow and grow and grow and grow and I could have hired employees and I could have taken it out of my basement workshop and bought, you know, or not maybe not bought, but like rented a warehouse type space and got some people like a team together to work with me and do the monograms and I'll just answer the messages and be like the overseer type person, the boss, but that's not really the business that I've built. And it's not really the business that I wanted. Like I I wasn't really trying to make funky monkey children like the next mud pie. That's, you know, this big company that sells all over the country, maybe all over the world. I don't even know, but like a multiple six figure million dollar business. That wasn't my goal for funky monkey. So that really wasn't Um, in my wheelhouse of what I felt comfortable with to take it out of my house. I mean, ultimately, I felt like if I took it out of my house and had to rent a warehouse space and hire employees and all this stuff, it would be like more money, more problems. I mean, I would have to manage a team, which I've never done before. I've never had a job in my work life or my like any life, I've never had a job where I managed people. I've only ever had entry level jobs. So I've never been the boss. I've never been the person who was in charge of leading a team. And so maybe we could call that playing small. Maybe we could call that fear. I don't know. But I don't really feel like I'm equipped to all of a sudden 
undertake the huge financial responsibility of renting a warehouse and buying more equipment and managing a team. And I just felt like it wouldn't necessarily make me more money. Like I could potentially just increase my expenses so much that it offset any sort of increase in sales or increase in profits that I had. So rather than doing that, I totally restructured my business at the end of last year, beginning of this year. And what that meant for me was that I eliminated a huge amount of products. I had hundreds of order of listings. I don't remember exactly how many, but I think it was closing in on 200 and I had already eliminated some products before this time period. So I went from almost 200 listings to I think I have like 70 now. And in that, I eliminated a huge amount of variables, different fabrics, different colors, different patterns, all these things that were allowing people to customize their orders and sort of make it their own, but it also slowed me down in being able to batch things together and to really work through them really quickly. The other thing that I did is that I don't really take a lot of custom orders anymore at this point. I do occasionally let people change a font if they have a really specific font, especially if they've already picked it out and they send it to me and say, hey, can you do this font? I'll do that. But I used to like order a new fabric online because a person told me they were looking for this really specific fabric to match their baby bedding or whatever. So I would go like to the ends of the earth to make these custom orders that were were lots and lots and lots of changes to what the original listing was. And I have a whole episode all about taking custom orders, which is episode number 11, custom orders on Etsy, should you do it? I go through in that episode all the different reasons why I do think that custom orders are a good thing, especially if you are just getting started or if you're struggling with sales. But at this point in my business, I was not struggling with sales and I was definitely not just getting started. So those custom orders were slowing me down a lot and it was making it really hard for me to keep track of everything. I was finding that I was messing things up a lot because I would make all these notes for the custom order. It all made sense in my head when I was writing up the order or making the custom listing. But then when I went to go do the order, I was trying to get through it as fast as possible. So I was making a lot of careless mistakes because I had all these changes going on with custom orders. So I eliminated that. I also don't really take a whole lot of rush orders anymore. And, and this was a really big one, I don't promise things to ship out faster than the turnaround that I have listed on my website unless they purchase a rush order listing. So I used to, if somebody would email me and they would say, hey, it's October 7th, I need this by October 13th. Can you get it out for me in time? I'd be like, sure, I'll get right on it. Get it out tomorrow, thanks. And they wouldn't pay anything extra. Now, If they email me and they say, hey, I need this by Saturday, can you get it? I say, here is the rush order listing. It is $15 and otherwise it takes one to two weeks to ship things out. And even if I am ahead on orders, which I am most of the time, usually it does not take me two weeks really to ship something out, but I still tell them one to two weeks because you know what? Sometimes I don't feel like working. Maybe I'm not gonna work today and maybe I'm not gonna work tomorrow or maybe I know that I have 
you know, a doctor's appointment or I have to take my kids to do X, Y, and Z and I'm not going to be able to get to it tomorrow. So I do not promise that unless they purchase that rush order listing. And I take that rush order listing down quite a bit just because I don't want to do it. I don't want other people to have the ability to force me to work when I'm not planning on working. I want this to work around my schedule. I don't want to work around their schedule. And that sometimes, probably a lot of times, means that they will buy it from somebody else instead. That they will go somewhere to a newer seller or to a less experienced seller or to just somebody that is more accommodating than me and they will buy it from them because they're willing to rush it for free. But that's okay because what I have found through this process is really that when the shop was growing so much and so quickly and so overwhelmingly, I did not feel like I had any sort of control over my business. I felt like the business was controlling me. The orders dictated all of my working hours, which were like basically all of my awake time. And I had to work on the weekends to keep up and I had to work at night to keep up. And I didn't have an option to step back and say no. And changing that business and restructuring that has allowed me to say, here's my boundary, here's what I'm willing to do, and I'm not willing to run down to my workshop and bust out an order just because you waited to the last minute to order something and now you want a personalized gift that gets to you in three days. Like, I'm not Amazon, and if you want something and you need it ASAP, you can run to Target and get it right now. If you want a personalized gift that's monogrammed and made to order, then you have to order it more than a week in advance. So I guess I just have less tolerance at this point for people who wait until the last minute and then they put all this pressure on you and then they're mad if it doesn't get there in time and they're mad if it gets delayed in shipping and all of that. But a lot of that was brought on by myself because I was promising these things for people that I never really should have been promising to begin with. The next thing I did to really restructure the business is to work set hours. I only work on my shop during the times that my children are in school and in the afternoons and when they're out of school. I don't do it. I don't answer emails. I don't do orders. I don't do any of it. So again, I have that control over what I'm doing. And part of that was also deleting the Etsy app from my phone. So I don't get those cha-ching notifications anymore, although I love to talk about cha-chings and this is all about crickets to cha-chings. I deleted that app because it stressed me out. It stressed me out to feel like these things are piling up and here I am at the playground with my kids and I've gotten all these orders or I've gotten all these Etsy messages or whatever and these things are like piling up. And what I have found is, I can sit down at my computer, I can answer all my Etsy messages at one time, and I also can answer them a lot faster because I'm at the computer rather than typing on my phone. And nobody is like having a crisis or anything, like life goes on and if they decide to purchase somewhere else, I again am okay with that because I have to have these boundaries to make this business work for me. And I feel like I preach to you guys all the time that like you, you know, the best thing about Etsy is that you're able to build this business that works for you and you're able to make these things, you're able to dictate when you want to work and how much you want to work and what your boundaries are. But then I had no personal boundaries. So 
really it's been a process of living what I'm teaching which is that you are in control of your business and that is the benefit of Etsy and that is the best part about Etsy. So what has that meant for my business? What has been the overall sort of result from this experiment of saying, I want to cut back and I want $25,000 less this year than last year? So the end result for that experiment is that I am on track this year to make almost exactly the same amount that I made last year. And it is within like a couple thousand dollars of what I made last year right now, which could end up going a little bit higher or a little bit lower. But I think that it will fall well below, or I guess above, the $25,000 less. So I anticipate that it will be a lot closer to exactly what I made last year than it will be to $25,000 less than what I made last year. So is that a failure? I'm not going to achieve my goal of cutting back or I am going over my goal of what I said. No, I am going to call it a massive success rather than a failure because while I am making about the same money as I made last year and I haven't cut back in that way, I'm actually working now, I would say between 10 and 15 hours a week on my Etsy shop instead of who even knows, 30, 40, 50, 60, I don't even know. It was insane. So I am really and truly able to take time off. I went to the gym this morning. I went for a run. I chatted with some friends. I'm going hiking with a friend tomorrow. I am really able to have those margins back in my life where I can do things that I just want to do instead of working all the time, which is where I was stuck last year. And I think that a lot of the reason for this, a lot of the reason for me to be able to do this goes back to the ways that I restructured my business, but also goes back to restructuring the financial part of my business, which I dove into a lot more in episode 20. If you want to go back to that one, it's about paying yourself first and actually taking money out of your business in order to give yourself a paycheck and make it worthwhile. So the take home actually will be more than it was last year just simply because I've gotten so much more organized with my finances and organized with what I'm doing in my business and the path that I'm on with it. And even if it was less money, even if it was less take home and less sales overall, it would still be worth it because the mental stress in my shop and the mental stress that it has put on me has been dramatically cut. Like I would say it's been cut into like, 25% of what it was last year. So all of this goes back to, again, we are entering or we are in the fourth quarter of 2019. We are about to head into 2020. So what are those goals going to be for you? What are you going to set for yourself? Is it to continue to increase your sales? I'm not for sure not saying that that is a bad thing. I spent years and years and years increasing those sales and setting those goals higher. But I think that it is really, really important when you are setting those goals higher to have a realistic vision for what that looks like for your family. Because with those higher sales, with those higher profits, most of the time, at least for a period of time, comes also working more hours and more demands on you as the business owner. So you 
really have to figure out what that goal is for you and what that sort of tipping point is for you where you say, this is not worth it anymore or this is not worth it for my family. What I'm giving up is no longer worth what I'm bringing in in this business. And and where that point is, is gonna be different for everybody. And it's gonna be different depending on what you have going on in your life, where, what season of life is, where you, what season of life you're in currently. I hope that this episode has been helpful for you as we head into those goal setting timeframes. I'm going to have more about goal setting and how to sort of wrap up this year, kick off 2020 with a bang and move forward, setting those goals, chasing after them and absolutely crushing them in the coming months in the beginning of next year. I hope that's been helpful. If you want to continue the conversation, which of course I would love, I would love for you to head on over to creativemomboss.com forward slash Facebook, and that will forward you to the Facebook group, which is totally free, the nicest group of Etsy entrepreneurs. I would love to have you join us there, creativemomboss.com forward slash Facebook. I will see you next week. Bye for now.